Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC, featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. If you miss any of this um, angry ranting and raving uh, on this show, or if you miss me reading any of the gloating texts from NC State and Clemson fans, feel free to listen to the podcast, listen to them later today at your leisure and uh, check out this one because it's a passionate one today between what's going on in the text line between us we'll open up the phones later it is definitely a passionate one so wherever you get your podcast uh, whether it is Apple Google Spotify WFNZ.com listen to the hours you miss and and you don't want to miss the Jim Zoki breakdown even JJ Jansen Makes it a point not About to that. miss this segment every yep. Monday, Zoak. He's a big listener, by the way, not only to this segment, but this is his time in the car, yeah. I guess. And so, Olsen, uh, too. It, it, Olsen, yeah. Okay, so I don't know if it's so much like they're like tuning in because they can't miss it or they're trapped in the car because it's school time. Uh, but whatever the combination <laughs> is, that it works out for <laughs> the this. The radio's stuck on 92.7. They've been banging the dash. Come on, get this so, thing so off. So, JJ, no. JJ always you know, comes back by, we call it Media Row, over there on the airplane. You got Darren Gant and uh, Anish and me and some others there. And I said, oh, he's getting ready to go take a seat again. I said, hey, before you go, give me like a, like a line, you know, something since you're listening that I can relate to the guys and maybe just, you know, yeah, give them some good. words or whatever. And he looked at me for a moment. He goes, uh, uh, let me text you something. <laughs> we're still we're still waiting on that text. Still waiting on that text. Oh, Matt, that's hilarious. You could just What's, call JJ probably, and he could deliver it for you. What go. was there more entertaining go. during the break, Mac? The Panther breakdown or the fact that Jim and I were talking about how awful the Charlotte Douglas baggage claim is? Mm. You guys were you guys were uh, vibing right there on that Thanksgiving one. Uh, similar weekend. experience. But this yeah, is I can I, only imagine. This is why I, if I'm gone for two weeks, I don't do checked bag. I just always do carry out. I just I just eliminate that. Altogether, the parking you can't avoid. Although I will, I will also recommend while I'm on the topic and I'm filibustering here is prepay parking. You get that in advance, and you know you're guaranteed a spot nice. instead of that searching for the parking deck or parking lot well, that's I, open. I had Mark from Gastonia pick me up near midnight last night wearing a cow outfit. So that's what I had going oh, on. Oh, man. As that's exactly was, what you uh, want to see waiting for you when you get home. getting screamed at by security for nearly running over people just to get to me. Yeah. yeah. Other guys getting picked up by their wives and, and then, all of a sudden, and then he said, bone, there's my ride. That dude, that goofy dude in a cow and outfit. Then, just yeah, asked, don't yeah, ask me. Baby. How do I get out of here? It sounds like, an old, Chick-fil- it's like uh, an old Chick-fil-A commercial or something with a cow. Uh, all right, so I know what you're trying to do here, and you can't avoid it any longer. We've got to talk about this Panthers performance. We were giving out the numbers, though. <laughs> Offensively, they have not scored more than 15 points in the last five games. And in their first six games, I think they did three times. This, uh, And there's plenty of stats like that. This offense is getting worse, not better. Would you agree with that statement? It is. In fact, after the, the fumble and then the um, Derrick Henry 10-yard touchdown when it was 14-3, to it felt like it was like 30-3 to yeah. because you're going, oh, now we got to score twice. Yeah. Like, we might be able to score once, but twice is asking a lot now. And it's just that's kind of where we are right now. And it felt like up until 
and through the win at Houston, which again, they only scored 15 points in that game. Like there was kind of this growing and building and, and Bryce is improving and you see things going on. And then ever since then, I think, you know, Bryce is still relatively the same player, but just the surroundings of him and the, the, the hits he's taking and the lack of time to, to develop a, a route uh, while he's running for his life. Uh, and as you said, you know, 10 points last week, 10 points this week. It just feels like it's like a soccer match. It's like one nothing feels like a lot. Two nothing sounds insurmountable. I heard. Were you, I don't know if you were on post game yesterday, but I was driving. I had my wife uh, told me to get something at the grocery store, so I don't know why I opted to say I'll do it after the game. I should have said I'll oh, go right now. So anyway, take off your Panther gear and enter in grocery stores. Now, oh, I had it on. I was just waiting for someone to laugh at me. <laughs> a birdie conversation. Uh, but Eugene said even when they got to seventeen ten, Eugene Robinson said it felt insurmountable. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. that sounds funny. And Eugene's but pretty I know optimistic. The yeah, Eugene's and pretty optimistic. Is guy by nature too and a lot of it you know again there are a lot of things going on and it wasn't good when a lot of the players were healthy but there were so few offensive linemen left by the end of the game when the backups to the backups were getting hurt and then the re-injuries of guys like LaVisca Chenault and Von Bell leaving again in different places it just felt like we were truly running out of active players especially at interior offensive line to again, not saying it, it was great before, but now it becomes even more and more difficult to like even just operate a play effectively. I give credit to a guy like Chuba Hubbard. I mean, just like Chuba just plays hard. Uh, that five yard touchdown run is just like hard he just run. hit the hit the hole hard, got in there, is just like it catches the ball yesterday. Well, Jonathan Mingo had probably his best day of the season. So you see glimpses of some younger players that are performing well because you're trying to like, okay, what can we what can we take out of this rubble yeah, that we can bring forward, forward and, and build around? So you see some building blocks. But I think at some point, you know, there's got to be production. I mean, this is the NFL. It's not college. They don't have to go to class. I mean, it's just like all you do is football. And so it's pass-fail. And you do. You have to figure it out, and you've got to win more games, and you got to get more productive on the offensive side. And I get why it's difficult because of the issues that they have with the offensive line. But, again, even when you had most of the guys, it's not been good. So they do have to scheme around it or whatever the case is to, to just kind of give Bryce some kind of opportunity. Again, I'm not saying Bryce is perfect either, uh, but the, you can see glimpses of when he's given some time. If he could just see the field and not have to be, you know, running for his life back there like Fran Tarkenton half the yeah. time. I understand this is a lengthy, complex thing to think about on the fly, but just in general, can you recall a unit that has underachieved as much as the Panthers' offensive line has in 2023 compared to what we thought they were in the summer? We've been here a long time, and I'm hard-pressed to remember something that we believed in as a strength of the team to be this bad within a season when there wasn't a lot of changes with it. And every well, team, the season there has, but just overall. And every though. team has injuries. So obviously the Brady Christensen one was not forecasted, but you knew you were going to be without Austin exactly. Corbett to begin. And then, of course, you didn't expect a second injury, but it, it carried over for a number of weeks into the regular season here. So you had to be, you know, overly prepared, I would think, at that position to have reinforcements and guys that can play. And again, there have been, you know, moments where, you know, the guys playing have, have looked okay, but it's just, it's been a struggle, let's be honest about it. I mean, you see it game in and game out. And to your point, but this, you think back to Christmas Eve last year against Detroit and just dominating the Lions with, this, you know, a team record in yards, team record in rushing yards, over 300 yards rushing in that game. So it, it went from being a strength of this entire, if you had to name a position group, that was like the, the strength collectively, you know, that was it as the season wore on last year. And you had most of those same players back this year healthy. It is, uh, it's alarming. And again, whether you're changing up the type of blocking you're doing and you know, whatever it is, it's just not been close to what it was last year. And without that, nothing operates without the offensive line. Again, not putting it all on. 
the offensive line. The defense has played really well, uh, but they've not had a lot of takeaways and a lot of sacks. And I think it's because of all the injuries they've had in the secondary. How gambling can you be when you don't have J.C. Horn practically the entire season? So it's like you can't dial up maybe as many blitzes. You can't go for as many interceptions as opposed to just containing other offenses. So they've done a good job keeping the score down, uh, but the the thing you're trading back is you're not getting those explosive plays on defense. You're not game changing moments because you can't, because you don't want to give up a 60-yard pass over the top of the defense. Too. Yeah, I mean, it's a catch-22. Listen, the guard position with the injuries got ridiculous yesterday. It's been bad all year. How about the cornerback? The worst guard play since the Bobcat years. <laughs> I, I was looking for it all day today. I didn't know what I was going to come since up with. Since Revan Knight and Jason Capono were the oh, starting no. backcourt. The Bobcats. Uh, uh, where it, did Rufus, did, did Rufus ever find work again? Like, what happens to I'm Rufus in that Rufus. situation? Yeah, he's a, he's actually was one of the guards for the Panthers. Uh, yesterday. Well, he's play calling. <laughs> but no, look at the corner injuries, too. Horn went out, then Henderson came in, then DiCaprio Boodle. Then he got out. hurt. Yep. And who was the one that got hurt yesterday that was in because of Boodle? It's all running together now. Long got hurt for a while. Yeah, but I think he came back. Toth. You got your guy uh, Toth. No, I'm talking about corners. Now. I'm just naming players. <laughs> <laughs> I think Toth was a combo guard and a cornerback yesterday because they were down bodies. So then Long gets hurt. It's just like, uh, but the defense has been admirable. And th- let's face it, defense only gave up 10 points yesterday. That Bryce fumble, Icky getting beat, and yeah, Bryce not yeah, being yeah. aware, that set him up at like the 10-yard line. you can't line. have one of those. I mean, you can't have one no, play where you fumble at the 15. There's yeah, no margin for no. error in this situation. There's not margin and, of error, Zoke, where we can't have a holding penalty or a sack or, or without killing our drive. Yeah, you feel you like know? if it's like first and 20 or first yeah. and 15 with a false start, you're like, oh, no, first and 15, what do we do? But, it's, um, it's crazy. It's it, But you have to be better than that. You have to be more explosive than, than that. And then LaVisca goes out again during the game and was barely uh, able to play in the game yesterday. As it turns out, as well, but it's just like, yeah, it just it's too it's too difficult. You have to have more explosive plays. However, you create those, somehow you got to get guys free because they're obviously going to load the box, try to take the run away, try to take short passes away from you. So if everything's played within ten yards of the line of scrimmage, you you have to at least. Pass protect it for just a couple moments so that we can try to at least loosen up the defense they tried, a little bit. They tried to go deep one time, mm-hmm. and boom, Bryce gets hit. He's mm-hmm. loading up, yep. and boom, he gets hit, and that's why we can't really drop back. You could do no double move routes. Deep. I mean, there's nothing that long developing routes of any Meanwhile, kind. Meanwhile, Stroud yesterday, um, who, who did great things again. I'm not here to throw shade on the kids. He's a great player, um, but Stroud had 3.8 seconds to throw on average which is the longest he's had all year, the longest of any player yesterday. That's that's the comparison. Oh, we're getting the list. You know? We're getting what the list it? of what texters. Is this? This, is, this, this is the is, weekly list of texters. This made the show promo last week. Zoki reading off the list of the uh, morning texts. This is this this fills my 805 segment on WBT with uh, Bo <laughs> okay, and Beth. Okay, we're glad because they're, they're always excited to hear about who's been texting in. And maybe you guys can add some context of what yeah. they, they may have said. But the names today include Gomer Pyle. Yep. Shazam. <laughs> Jamie question mark? Yeah, that's the guy's name. I don't know why it's Jamie. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I'm Ron Burgundy. Be, is that a typo or is yeah. he Jamie? I'm Ron Burgundy. Is it Jamie or Jamie? No, Jamie. Uh, Gashouse Earl. Yep. I'm guessing Gastonia. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yep. Actually, perhaps the mayor of Gastonia. We're not really. We're investigating. That. This might be the the leader in the clubhouse, Forrest Plump. Forrest Plump on the Plump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's an, out, that's an to, Alabama fan. Way to own it. I thought that was a movie that I saw in the uh, naughty section. No, before. no, no. no. Okay, all right. Forrest Plump could probably <laughs> hang was, out. That was that was Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> uh, is there, saving Ryan's private. That's, that's, 
was. It was a real movie. Did you know that was a real movie? Absolutely, I did. <laughs> Those were in the back room of the video store. Yes. That yeah. was not reviewed by wow. Cisco and Ebert. <laughs> well, they gave it to... Anyway, uh, anyway go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Keep going. Go ahead. This, show, this show's regressing right. fast. What he meant to say was thumbs up. Uh, yeah, uh, Forrest Plump, Big Hungry, is who could buy hang out with Forrest Plump, is uh, Big Hungry. Corn Cob Craig. I have questions about that. We, we, assume Nebraska, we assume Nebraska fan, but we're not sure. Okay, well, even there, they can't be happy today. Five and seven. Is it mean, mean Eugene? Yep, two means. Okay, double mean. Mean, mean Eugene. Not uh, Robinson, I'm sure. Outlaw biochemist. Yep, that's a real guy. He's outlaw biochemist. I need to know more about that. Is that I like a Breaking Bad thing? Thing? Is that like a Breaking <laughs> Bad thing? What is that? <laughs> that's the only outlaw biochemist I know. This one's more like a paragraph. Big Puddin from East 10. As in Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, not not from West Tennessee, as opposed to Big Pudding from West Tennessee. And then finally, Horseshoe Carl. I don't know if he's an Ohio State guy or not. Maybe just like, like horseshoes. horseshoes. Yeah. yeah. I'm you sorry go. your Buckeyes lost to America's team. Uh, that is Forrest, and three Forrest years Plum. in a row. And can we all agree we hate Harbaugh? So I just like, God, yes, really? we can certainly I didn't get to see that. any of that one. But it's like, yeah, that's not good either. That sucks, JJ man. texted during that. the segment, by the way, and said, sorry, I owe you a text. <laughs> but said, I owe you a text. I'm so sorry, but you sound great on the radio. Oh, there you go. Oh, so you didn't so, need his hey, stuff. You didn't need his JJ, stuff. JJ, we'll I'll take the compliment, and then we'll just you know take that as being this week's text okay, from JJ. JJ might be Corncob Craig or Mean Mean Eugene. <laughs> <on the laughs> we got to investigate that. <laughs> Jay, right, definitely Jamie? not Gomer Pyle. All right, Zoke, you, you, you may step down. All right, You're off the Mac right, and Bone Monday hot seat. Are you guys on the Hornets, or what are we, where are we going? Well, that's yeah. not, that's not <laughs> good either. Then we're going to talk right. about a metal ball ankle injury again. Like, where, I mean. Where's the happy turn in this show? Where, where's the positive NC State here? and Clemson fans yeah, and NC State's State got to be happy. Yeah. Other than that, I, well, I can't locate too many happy folks. And Jim Harbaugh, if he calls in. <laughs> God bless you guys for what you do. Thank you for your service. Hey, we appreciate it, right, Zoke. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. Reich officially out as the Carolina Panthers head coach. The first in-season firing this year. I don't know how, I don't know who had odds or who had money on Frank Reich being that guy. Ron Rivera led, I think, for most of the season. A few coaches up there, but it's Frank Reich. Now with the fourth official shortest tenure 
of a head coach with any NFL stint and actually second shortest stint if you qualify that as having coached a regular season game in the one year. Pretty crazy how it all unfolded. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. Wes, you can back me up that he can too. I would love to read everybody's text message. They're flying in. I don't know if I've been more overwhelmed by text messages in this show's history. <laughs> and we've gone through some coaching changes. We've gone through a decent amount of sports updates that have happened the last full year, really, with the Charlotte Hornets, with the Panthers for sure. But as soon as I try to click on a text message to read it, three more pop up. And just so you know, just don't don't hate it. Don't hate me. I apologize. If I don't read them, I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep up as best I can. The text line, Walker, is like your first red zone experience. And you came in the Monday after the first week of the NFL season and said you were overwhelmed. And that's what you're like over there right now. But we had 68 text messages in a minute and a half span. Yeah, I mean, so rightfully so. You were Mr. Krabs trying to find a text to read and it's okay. I was looking all over the place. I was, it was, I was dazed. I was confused. I was all of that stuff with all the text messages rolling in, but we'll get to them. I, I do at least what I think I read on the text line, the Carolina minute uh, men's clinic text line, 704-570-9610. I read a few people writing this one in Wes. They had some Chris Tabor thoughts. So Chris Tabor, special teams coordinator, he is promoted to the interim head coach as at least for the rest of this season. Um, this is somebody that does have experience in this role beforehand in his lone season at the helm. He led the program. He led as a Missouri staff, um, or as an assistant on Missouri staff, excuse me. So we're talking about, yeah, not the NFL in tenure for Chris Tabor, having been an interim head coach, but he spent a couple of years as an assistant on Missouri staff, which led to his first head coaching opportunity at Culver Stockton an NAIA school. In his lone season at the helm, he led the program to a 6-5 and five record, marking its first winning season in 15 years. Following 2001, Tabor left to become an assistant at Utah State and then wrapped up his time at the collegiate level at Western Michigan. In 08, Tabor earned his first opportunity in the NFL as an assistant special teams coach with Chicago. He served two stints there. In between his two stops in Chicago, he spent seven seasons as special teams coordinator in Cleveland. So Chris Tabor is the guy. Here's what I think. I think Chris Tabor is a really good coach. I think he's a good special teams coordinator. Panthers fans can understand this. Think about how long it's been since we've had competent special teams play. It was one of the weirder decisions when Matt Rule was hired. I think the only holdover that he had from the Ron Rivera regime that was out the door was Chase Blackburn, who consistently put up like bottom third special teams units every single season. But Matt Rule decided Chase Blackbird was going to be the guy that comes back. Now, Chris Tabor, as you see the regime go from Steve Wilkes after Matt Rule to Frank Reich, it was James Campen, offensive line coach, and Chris Tabor, special teams coordinator. Those are the two holdovers on the staff after seeing what was considered an all-star staff hired last offseason. Avero, you get the picture. So Tabor is going to be the interim head coach. Jim Caldwell going to be special assistant to Thomas Brown, who will resume calling plays. Jero Vero not changing his role. Do you like Chris Tabor as the interim head coach as we finish out the season? I mean, I think it's fine. As we said, the Panthers special teams unit have been somewhat steady. And so uh, this is a guy that you can put into that slide. And Walker, we talked about it pre-show as well. Uh, some of the intangibles as far as the hire as well. You don't have to worry about 
the potential of of hiring a guy that if you don't retain him, if the team somehow turns it around, which would be even more of a miracle than what happened last year, you don't have to worry about the backlash there and some of those things. And so, uh, you know, I think it's fine. As I said, this firing as a whole to me with this team and the talent level and what you've seen with the on-field product, I don't know that it's going to make a difference no matter who you put into that slot. Yeah, this year, it's not going to make a difference. I think Averro probably knows that. So a couple of things happen. Most people would have pointed to Ajero Averro as the guy who should have been promoted to interim head coach. The problem is, if you're David Tepper, what you cannot do, and we talked about this last week, you cannot promote a black assistant or a black coordinator just to not realistically give him a shot to be the future head coach and even give him false hope, what you might consider to be false hope. You just can't do it. We did this with Perry Fuel. Not that Perry Fuel ever had a real shot, but still it's not a great look. So black coach takes over, gone. You have it with Steve Wilkes. Well, Steve Wilkes did a phenomenal job last year, man. He did. I Just really awesome job where he also was a guy from Charlotte. He went to high school here in Charlotte, has Carolina ties within the Panthers organization too, was a part of that staff that was able to go to the Super Bowl, becomes defensive coordinator with the Panthers in his first stint. That actually gets him a head coaching job in Arizona. He was so successful the first time. Every reason in the world to hire Steve Wilkes, and they said, nah, I'm good, we're going with Frank Wright. You think he chuckled a little bit today? I'm sure he did. And if he didn't chuckle because he cares so much about these players, he at least felt a different type of way. I I don't know how he's feeling, right? But I don't even know if Steve Wilkes would accept this job if it was offered to him again. I'm not sure he would. Money back in the city, okay, maybe. But I don't know if he would. You can't give this job to Jero Averro and then let him walk or demote him, right? Even if he wanted to stay here. Averro, after taking over for six games, let's say they get a couple of wins. I think it would be harder than what Wilkes did last year. But let's say you even get a couple wins. You can't demote that guy back. All right, great job, but uh, over the course of a season, you just go back to defensive coordinator. Is that okay with you? No, it's not. (laughs) Thomas Brown, hey, you actually showed us some nice things in the last five handful games of the season. Do you want to be the head coach? Actually, never mind. Psych. I'm going to go to a different direction. Chris Tabor, I think, has done a good enough job to warrant him being an interim head coach. And he's not going to be the guy. They're going to move on. Maybe Chris Tabor stays on board, but I doubt it at this point. I don't think you have holdovers again. So this was the right move if you were going to move on from Frank Reich. I think Chris Tabor as interim coach. You have Thomas Brown, Ajero Vero, still in their same roles. And then you see what happens and you go and you do the coaching search outside of the organization if... Unless if you want to promote a Jero Vero who's done a pretty nice job. And the thing that's interesting about it is we talked about before when the Raiders, when they let go of their coach uh, and put Antonio Pearson in, they seem to be in a totally different place in the, the culture and they've won some games and are being competitive. And so that's the thing that's going to be interesting here. We see it in sports all of the time where teams fire their coach and then they start to pick up a little bit and they get a couple of wins. And so that would be just beyond fascinating if Carolina was able to do that because when Wilkes took over, you saw potential there in different spots. And then there were some guys that he highlighted and he chose to give some opportunities to that gave the most to it. But it's like when you look at this roster right now as it stands, especially with what you've seen from the play up front, 
Where do you see that happening anywhere? Uh, you got a division opponent coming in this week in Tampa Bay, so there's some familiarity there. But as far as just looking at this roster and saying, hey, if they just do this and they do that, man, they could they could maybe make a little bit of noise down the stretch. You don't see any of that. This is just a season that I'm sure that the fans and this organization as a whole wants to just get through so that they can get to the offseason and try to turn this thing around uh, because right now it's just no hope there whatsoever. Yeah, is there anything that we can expect to change with Frank now officially gone? That's what I'm saying. I can't see it. I mean, what what would you do? I mean, you're not going to shuffle around the offensive line a lot because the biggest shuffles you can make is moving Moten and Icky around. Uh, that probably doesn't happen. The guards in the center has already been a, a, a musical chairs, so you're not going to do that. The skill guys are who they are. There's nothing. There's nobody that you can really point to on the roster and say if that guy gets a chance, he's going to do this or that. So I don't see it. This is this is my problem. Steve Wilkes took over and did a phenomenal job with a team that was down bad. Now they had some talent. They got rid of one guy and DJ Moore. It, it certainly deteriorated as this offseason came about. But I didn't expect Steve Wilkes to turn it around the way that he did. Now, you don't have as much time as Wilkes did, right? Frank Reich fired after 11 games. It, Matt Rule was fired after five. So you ha- you almost had a full season, you know, close to it. But I didn't expect him to change it the way that he did. He focused on what he thought this team's strengths were. It was a strong offensive line, not best in pass protection. So let's run the football a lot. Let's go with a downhill rushing attack. Let's be really physical because Bozeman clearly better at that than pass protection. Iki Iquanu clearly, clearly better at that than pass protection. Taylor Moten is the only guy where it might be a toss up here and there. In fact, I think he's probably better as a pass blocker, but whatever, right? Solid enough. Everybody else, they're better run blockers. So, hey, here's a crazy concept. Let's run the football. And then when we throw it, we'll throw off of play action because the other team respects the run enough that we can attack downfield every now and then, and that allows Sam Darnold to succeed as much as he possibly can. The le- that allows P.J. Walker to succeed as much as he possibly can. Hey, think about those QBs, Wes, and you're still putting a respectable record up to the point where you're playing meaningful football in Week 17 against Tampa, against Tom Brady and the GOAT right before he retires. So you could change it. I wonder if there is anything realized with Thomas Brown, all right, different game plan. What do you got to lose? Do we continue to go with this same setup and lose every game and score 15 points even in a win? Can you have that drastic of an identity shift where now it's downhill again? We got Chuba Hubbard. We're going to do play action off the pass, or we're going to do play action off the run. We're going to have Bryce Young hopefully find some avenues downfield. It's far-fetched, but Wes, we saw it last year. And it's not like the roster's all that different up front, right? The Austin Corbett's a big difference. This is that that's my question. That that's I don't think it's gonna happen. But something needed to change, and with Frank Reich out of the picture, this is the only way I think that possibility would even see itself take place. Walker, let me tell you right now, man, you would have a future in being a motivational speaker because that right there Thank made you. me believe that uh, the Panthers could come out and try to get this thing turned around. Well, you were laughing at me. I don't know if I really believe you <laughs> on that, but I, I respect it. No, no it sounded no. great. It sounded great. But the bottom line is you're, at, you're 26th in the NFL in yards per carry. So it sounds hot. 
But then once you get the running and team well, that's because the, they don't respect like anything, though. Right, but and they're not going to continue to do that because once they come out and do that, they know you, you don't have any type of receivers that are going to hurt them in a major way. So they're going to say, okay, well, they're going to try to run the ball, protect Bryce Young. We're going to stop that, keep you behind the chains. And then when you do have to pass, we don't care anything about your play action because your linemen are so bad at pass blocking that we're just going to beat the guys and then we're going to get a big sack on third down anyway. And then do you want to become a team that you run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass on every possession? You can't do that. You got to mix it up at some point. So then what happens when you try to throw on first down and you get sacked or you try to throw on second down and you get sacked. So that's the difficult part of all this. I mean, I hate to keep beating, uh, you know, on on uh, the same old topics, man. But when you're as bad as Carolina is up front, it just takes everything out of the equation. But to try to give you some semblance of, of, of hope and what you're saying, you have to at least try that approach. But it's just... Mission oh, yeah. Impossible. It's, look, word to Tom Cruise. Yeah, word to Tom. I'm with you. <laughs> like, I'm not even against that. Yeah. I, I, if you're asking me to put my money where my mouth is and bet on the Panthers completely changing their offensive identity again and then winning two games going forward, whatever. Nah, I'm not going to bet my money on that. I got Christmas presents coming up. I got a decent amount to purchase. I can't <laughs> do that and lose that money. That's not a bet I'm willing to make. But I will say. I think I would have gotten that prediction wrong last year. If you were to tell me, hey, Steve Wilkes about to take over and win some games and they're going to compete against Tom Brady and maybe even win the division. That's going to happen, Walker. I would have thought you were crazy then, too. The problem is the season's so set in its ways already where it, it's it's even more far-fetched. It's even further down the line that you can expect a dramatic change like that. But I, I saw Al Wallace talking about this on Twitter, man. Like, I think it was Will Kunkel and him going back at it. Will discussed, man, Icky's really regressed, hasn't he? And Al said, I don't know if he regressed. You go back to last year, they hit a lot of his deficiencies and play action. Maybe this is who he's been all along. And what that coaching staff did, remember, he struggled the first two games. Yeah, I mean, they averaged 4.6 yards a carry last year. Yeah. They were running the football a lot more effectively last year. Well, and, and, but, and that was because, in my opinion, you know, Corbett being healthy, that helps a lot, right? Bradley Bozeman, you know. That, he's a better run blocker. We've talked about that quite a bit. You would have to use Chuba more than Miles Sanders. Even so, those guys aren't as good as Deontay Foreman. So all of these are reasons that it's not going to happen. You're totally right. Um, my question is, though, do you just continue to run the offense you've been rolling with and just you know hope to score 15 points to maybe get you a win? All right, guys, let's try to get 15 points, even though it's not likely to happen. And then if we get 15, defense, you good to hold them to a goose egg? No? All right. Well, I, yeah, it's too far. It's it's too hard of a ask anyway. I, I just, I hope that we see something dramatically different. Because that's why Frank Reich's gone, Wes. Frank Reich's gone because we didn't see any improvement. We didn't see anything drastically different. People saw a rollout and a play-action pass to start the game, 20 yards to Jonathan Mingo. First play of the game. And we were besides ourselves. Wait. How did this happen? What is this magic you speak of, mm -hmm. Frank Reich? Are you serious? You can do this? Is that allowed? And then, of course, it goes back to Bryce Young running for his life and continue to be sacked. Nothing changed, and that's why he's gone. That is why he's gone. And so the next coach, that they're going to have to get an identity needs to be established. What do you want to do? Do you want to be a dynamic offense that's going to find mismatches all over the field? Do you want to be a power run offense where you're just going to run the ball and rely on play action like what you just said? 
either way, you're going to have to figure out what it is that you want this Carolina offense to be in the years going forward. And we know that Bryson, what he's used to coming from Alabama, he was used to a dynamic offense where they threw the football down the field. They attacked people and they made big plays all over the football field. And then also he was allowed to improvise. If something wasn't there, he could get outside the pocket and make big plays. And so to do that, it's going to have to be a whole new philosophy in how you draft and the players that you go after. Last question before we move on. I know we're up against it. Does this hire have to be an offensive mind or do you just want the best candidate possible? It doesn't matter what background they come from. Oh, I don't think it should matter this time. I think you need to go after the best candidate that you really feel in your heart of hearts is going to get this thing done because I mean, look at D'Amico Ryans. You would have thought that he would have been stuck with the stereotype of being a defensive coach and wanting to be conservative, but Houston is as dynamic as anybody. And so I think you have to bring in the best candidate that has the best philosophies and the best blueprint for how they want to go about this thing. And they might lose Slowick in Houston, but you'd still take that situation 10 times out of 10. You hire somebody that's smart, even if they're not offensive-minded, Hopefully, those coaches can hire smart, offensive-minded people, and it's a tough job to continuously do so. If you have so much turnover, you hire a smart OC, he takes a head coaching job. The reason to hire an offensive guy is to keep him in the organization long-term and not risk them leaving. But I also don't want a smart defensive guy leaving. So if Averro's the guy, cool. I trust him. If somebody else is the guy, even if they have a defensive background, but they have success with whatever stop they were previously coaching at, cool. Hire him. We can trust that guy. I'm with you. It doesn't have to be offensive-minded anymore. I just hope they make a smart hire with whoever that offensive coordinator is going to be. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show... We're going to bring a brand of football and a style of football that this city can be proud of. It's going to be exciting in all three phases. It's going to be innovative. It's going to be creative. We will always be working to get better. And then we're going to do it the right way, on and off the field. We want to make you proud. 
10 months to the day, 10 months ago, that was Frank Reich introduced as the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Little did he or any of us know he'd only make it 11 games. Fired this morning. Uh, that news breaking around 9.45, 10 o'clock. Uh, shortly thereafter, we would learn that uh, Chris Tabor would take over as the interim head coach and that Thomas Brown would resume play calling duties with a little help from Jim Caldwell who's been around since the start of the season. Also, we found out later, thanks to our next guest, that uh, Chris Tabor and Jim Caldwell made the decision to fire assistant head coach Deuce Staley and quarterbacks coach Josh McCown. It's been a busy day in Panther Nation. Let's chat with uh, the preeminent Panthers beat writer from The Athletic. Our buddy Joe Person is with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Joe, how did it all go so wrong, man? Thanks for the time. Uh, do you have three days? Let's we'll, we'll pass it out. Um, Listen, it's, it, it, I, I sat there, I, I remember, I was, I was in the press box in, in Atlanta week one, and I turned to somebody in the press box, I'm, and I'm, I'm not saying, like, I knew this was doomed, I'm not, I, but I remember saying, this offense is tough to watch, it's, it is, it is two yards down the field, uh, it, it's, you know, a lot of horizontal stuff, not much vertical stretch. And it just was, it was not good. And they had a stretch. And, and I mean, you, we, we all know the narrative. You just played it. I mean, Frank Reich was brought in because of his offensive background. I understand he did not get a little, a lot of help with, with, you know, the, the chief playmaker, DJ Moore being traded to Chicago so they could get Bryce. All of that. I says, not all on Frank Reich. I, I fully get that. But the offense just was, with the exception of that one stretch, I guess it was October. Like that, that Viking stretch, Detroit wasn't bad. Two series to open the game at Miami. Other than that, it's really been bad offensive football. And I, I think Dave Tepper, like a lot of us, kind of got tired of watching it. Well, that last part's true. Um, is it fair, as I've argued during the show, that it's both defensible to fire Frank Reich 11 games in while also acknowledging that David Tepper appears to be the biggest problem in the building. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I had someone t- talking to me today that for, from the building that was like, you know, this narrative that, that Dave Tepper doesn't want to win is just like, no, 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 no. I, I stopped this person. I said, that that's not it at all. No. Like, I think he wants to win so badly and has gotten so desperate that, you know, that he gets his hands in there and he starts making, you know, very rash decisions at times, whether you're talking about soccer or his NFL team. Like, no, I, I don't think there's anyone questioning that. It's just, can he help himself? Can this next coach, whoever it is, uh, and, and I, I think there's going to be people, a lot, a lot of especially proven coaches who are going to – press pause on, on whether they would be interested in this job. But whoever it is, Ken Tepper, it just let the football people run football. I mean, I mean that's, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, but I, I, first of all, I think given the, the way the last couple hires have gone, I think they would be wise, and I'm going to ask this question tomorrow if nobody else does. I think they would be wise to use the search firm this time around. Um, you know, I've heard some people in the industry say, ah, it's a waste of money. You know what? Tapper's got money. Go ahead and try it. And let's see if this time might be a little different. 
Uh, Joe Person of The Athletic, he's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. What do you expect we'll hear from David Tepper tomorrow morning at 1030? What, what should he say? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I, I, I don't, and I guess the messaging is probably going to be a lot about Bryce Young and the quarterback and his development, which which is important. <laughs> I mean, um, I think this is a franchise that not only has seen Bryce regress some in recent weeks, played a little better yesterday, but but not like that stretch of games I mentioned. Um, and here's where the optics are so bad. And I know you've talked about this, but you're having Bryce regress and, and and kind of like at the same time, that's improving that draft pick that, Oh, by the way, is going to the Chicago bears. And I just think that, that this whole thing has become the perfect storm that, that David Tepper just couldn't stomach anymore. And, um, yeah, he'd probably get a little defensive if if his history at press conferences is any is any guide. He's, you know, he kind of sparred with with Scott Fowler whenever that last one was, and uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, he's he's getting killed uh, publicly. The public perception of Tepper right now is at an all time low, and so it'll be interesting. I think I think that's going to be uh, bust. TV tomorrow at 1030. Oh, <laughs> I think somebody wanted me to earlier in the show to uh, to stand up and declare him the problem. They asked me if I would stand up at the press conference and declare him the problem. And, and I was like, first of all, that, that will ensure that I'm never invited back to any press conference ever again. Um, but also, I mean, I, Joe, I, I expect there to be a barrage of questions. Like, I'm not even sure that I'll be able to get in tomorrow because I, I think you and everybody else is you know, probably going to be chomping at the bit to ask David Tepper whether or not he thinks that his heavy hand in personnel and football operations stuff is good long-term for the organization, right? Yeah, I mean, he's going to get – that's going to be the tenor, I would think. And so how does he respond? I mean, is how much detail is he going to get into in terms of um, – Frank Reich, for instance, and, and where things went wrong. I mean, probably not a lot, I don't think. Um, you know, how how heavy a hand did he have in the selection of Bryce Young? Um, you know, we've heard a, a, a lot. Of, I went back and listened to some of the, the press conference from that day after they, they drafted Bryce. And, and I've had this in my column today about how David Tepper infamously now is it fair to say infamously said, you know what, with, with Bryce's point guard ability to distribute the yeah. ball, we don't feel like we need elite receiver. <laughs> We've played that clip well, a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's so, yeah, it, it, it's bad, man. Like it's, they are, I, I've looked this up for the story and I'm sure you've seen this other places, but yeah, what is it? 30 and whatever the number is, uh, 30 and 63, I think it is now since he became owner. Yep. It's it, only the Jets and barely have a worse winning percentage, uh, really, or a greater losing percentage than the Panthers over that six year span. Joe, do you do you think Scott Fitterer is at all surprised that he still has a job right now? Do you think he fears for his job based on what he's seen today? Yes. I do. I, I don't think he's surprised just because the timing of this. I don't. I don't know that you necessarily have to dump the GM right now. I think you can hang on to to, to that decision uh, for a few more, whatever, seven more weeks. 
and kind of make that decision in January. I, I, I think, so I don't think Scott Fitter is out of the woods yet. If, if, if that's what you're asking me. Um, and you know, this, this roster's flawed and, and you know, Scott, Scott, he had, you and I've talked about this when Matt rule was here and he had the 53, it gave fitter kind of a somewhat of a, of a shield, uh, for a lot of those personnel decisions, but these are on him now. And, uh, you know, I, I, I guess they had to get rid of DJ Moore. Like that was, that was the narrative, right? Like they, the, the bears, I think would have taken Brian Burns or Derek Brown. The Panthers thought it was was going to be it would be easier to replace an elite receiver than an elite defensive lineman, and you just you can't help but think how different this offense would have looked with with the DJ Moore having him to, to for, for Bryce Young to throw to. But that wasn't the case, and uh, it's been a slog, man. Like even I said this yesterday, like even on their touchdown drives, it's Ugh. it's never like. Four plays, seventy yards, a minute fifty-six. Right. It's fifteen plays, seventy-seven yards, eight <laughs> minutes, and uh, and oh by the way, the touchdown. I'm re- I'm remembering this specifically. I think it was the Texan game. It doesn't matter. Maybe it was a Colts game. But like DJ Chark caught a ball and like had to stretch his entire six foot five frame just to barely knows the ball across the end zone for everything has been hard with this offense all year long. Yeah. It, it, I said the same thing. I mean, it, it felt like a 17 play drive every single time they got in, in, you know, near the end zone or to the end zone. Um, Joe, how did you think Bryce played yesterday in Tennessee? And um, how worried are you about his development given what happened today? Um. I'm not worried about his development. I, I think probably, you know, I, 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 he's a young dude. I, I, I don't think this is going to, like, set him back. Um, you know, I don't think he's played that well I've uh, all season. Uh, and yesterday there were some good things. You know, we checked out of the, the, the fourth and sixth call at the end of the game. I mean, I, I made the and, – and was it the right check? No. Uh, as it turned out, but also to, to our earlier point, were they going to turn around, even if they make that and go 70 yards? No, I don't think they were. So it was sort of an interesting talking point after the game. But the, the bigger point is, you know, can they unlock something in Bryce that this staff has failed to do to this point? Uh, can Jim Caldwell and Thomas Brown do it? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, that's the question. Like, that's the next guy's charge, and it's really the only charge that matters. Can you can can you make this pick that we gave up the franchise for? Can you make him work to be a successful top tier? Not I don't know, not even put him on top you know top five status. Can he be a top half of the league quarterback? Uh, because if not, if that person cannot do it. Whoever that, whether it's Ben Johnson, Jim Harbaugh, Bill Bell, whoever, if they can't do it, then this franchise is set back for for five, six years. Joe Person, the athletic, he's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Thank you, brother. I know it's been a busy day for you. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, buddy. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on. 
Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan.